Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. Yes, sir. What's up, guys? We are back. Another week. Another episode. I know you guys have missed us. The Me Bros are back. I'm one third of the trio, better known as the Me Bros. D-Mart here with you guys, with my brothers, Jeremy 85 Jeremy, what's popping, guys? We back, man. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm going to go ahead and say this now because we've been saying for the last couple episodes that we're going to announce this. But we're doing like we did last couple years. Basketball season every other week. Uh, I'm going to do some 85 weekend picks in between. But, you know, we be do- we're going to be doing it every two weeks doing an episode just because there's less stuff to talk about. Although this week is packed with stuff to talk about, unfortunately. But I'm feeling good. I got my COVID vaccine today. Got the Pfizer. Okay, got the first yeah. one. So uh, sure, had to drive about two hours to get it and two hours back. But look, I'm trying to get back to some reality, man. So uh, yeah. so here we go. That's what's up, man. Congrats on the vaccine, man. I know it, it has been a a lot to uh, lot to talk about tonight. So uh, I'm looking forward to get into it. But Jimmy, what's popping with you, man? What's, what's going on in Charlotte? Nothing much, man. I, um, you know, I should be playing the member member tomorrow, but I just got too much work to do. So, you know, I just got to, you know, some things take precedent. It's unfortunate, but, you know, I'm here for this. Man, look, man, this, guy, this guy joins the country club, man, and he's upset he has a Mr. Member member. Who, who's going to be your partner? Yeah, I got a, I got a few um, a few <laughs> people that I was looking at playing with. You know, I play in a group on, uh, of young executives and, you know, had, had some interest in playing, but just couldn't make it work. You know, oh, it's too man. late. I know, I, yeah. I know you could be missed, man. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah, man, maybe maybe next next uh, next club event. Remember, remember guests there though. Go, so yeah, I'll be good for the member guests. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I've been talking to my boy uh, Stoneman from the Gate City Pod about getting back to Bryan Park, man. We we need to make that um, we need to make that trip uh, happen here soon, man. I, I missed the I missed the home course back in Greensboro, man. Man, I haven't played Brian Park since I, I could actually hit a golf ball or hit a ball out, out of the uh, a sand trap. You know, last time I played Brian Park, I um I putted a ball out of the sand trap that hit the lip, popped up into the air, and went in for a birdie. So I mean, it was it was kind of the, the random golf at the time. So I look forward yeah, to. We back remember in. that. We, we remember that differently. I remember it as you sculling the ball that rolled out. I hit my putter. I think yeah. correct. <laughs> no, I think you scolded. it. <laughs> I, it's possible. It, it, it's, a, it's it's very so much much so possible that it was just a skull. Either way, it was a whole lot. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'll take the wins back and get them, and uh, you know get back there and, and, and try to throw some throw some up on the cards. Hey man, that's what's up. Well, let's get into it, fellas. Uh, first of all, you know, shout out to everybody that is uh, tuning into us another week. Um, thank you guys, and uh, let's get into it, fellas. Um, let's start with some uh, some I wouldn't say sad news, but some. But uh, not not so good news. We're gonna jump right into it. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been accused of uh, three um, three separate civil incidents or lawsuits um, from some masseuses in Houston. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, he's been going through it this week, man. I know Jared. That's your boy. That's your team. Um, yep. I'm gonna give you the floor after Jeremy. But Jeremy, uh, let's talk about it, man. Let's start with this. Yeah, so I think it's an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, ultimately, it could take you, you know, years and decades to build a great reputation, and it could be, you know, torn down in a matter of minutes, seconds. 
And, uh, you know, I don't want to dismiss the claims because they could be true. Um, I don't want to say they're true because it could be false. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's an unfortunate situation. Um, I, I will say I'm always a little skeptical when, um, you know, claims of this nature are brought to the civil court, not criminal court. I mean, if, if, if this actually happens, um, I think it should go to um, the criminal court. I think it's, you know, rather curious that uh, the suing lawyer is uh, used to be next door neighbors to the owner of the Houston Texans who Deshaun's trying to get traded for. And he's doing so much talking and talking about uh, different uh, accusers when, you know, he doesn't have that many claims. So um, ultimately, I think it's going to have to play out. I, I, like I said, I don't want to um, say it's not true or say it's true, um, but it just seems a little fishy. And I hope, you know, for Deshaun's sake that this is not something to happen. But if it did, um, you know, he needs to be held accountable for it. So ultimately, um, it's a it's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for the league. Um, but, you know, honestly, it seems like something the Texans would do just because they're the Texans. I would I, I'd say as a as a free agent, I'd have a really hard time signing with the Texans. I don't care how much money they offered. If I'm, you know, Mark Ingram or um, what's the guy's name? I mean, why signed? would you go there, though? Yeah. I mean, you know what everybody's been telling you. Yeah, I think there's some legitimate reason for, for a lot of them to sign there. Uh, Terod Taylor signed, but uh, the quarterback coach is Pep Hamilton, who was his quarterback coach with the Chargers. Uh, the head coach, David Culley, uh, was his quarterback coach um, at Buffalo when he was a starter and they made the playoffs. Um, he, he's, there's some familiarity with some of the actual staff there, but – uh, and, and obviously, David Kelly just came over from the Ravens. Mark Ingram was with the Ravens. Um, but back, back to the allegations. Um, I want to kind of the, the weird thing about this is, and when I when I first heard the story, the the, the allegations, uh, it made me sad. The reason it made me sad was um, there's so you guys know that are on here how big of a fan I am of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is my favorite athlete of all time. Over, I know everybody thinks, oh yeah, it's probably LeBron. Is Deshaun. The reason is, is because I've almost, I'll give you guys an example. There was a, uh, there's a, a teacher I had in high school who uh, made us do a project. The project was a stock market project. It teaches how it worked. And they gave us a fake $100,000 to invest. And we had to look at whatever uh, the stock market was doing and to make investments to see who, how much money you can make off of the investments. And I invested in the small pharmaceutical company called Siemens. And I turned the hundred thousand dollars into thirty six million in a semester. And even now, even my homeboy Jarrell, we played tennis with worked at Siemens. Every time I see Siemens, I think of that project because I'm like, man, I kind of predicted that before it happened, before they turned into this massive conglomerate. And I feel the same way with Deshaun. Deshaun was the number one quarterback in the country his sophomore year of high school through his, his senior year. And he committed to Clemson his sophomore year. Whenever he committed, I was like, man, I'm going to go check this dude out because he's going to Clemson. He's the number one quarterback in the country, and he plays down the street from me. He plays in Gainesville. So I, I went and watched him play in high school all the way to his first game at Clemson versus UGA where he, he comes in and immediately first drive goes for a touchdown, and then we put Cole Stout back in. Another weird decision, but hey. Uh, and then all the way up until he gets to the NFL and you see this play out. And as you mentioned, like it takes one – one couple days of allegations. And here's the here's the thing that's weird. Jeremy and Damien, you guys will probably, you know, when I say the name, it's going to sound familiar. But you probably won't remember what it sounds familiar from. But this is what I was reminded of. 
Do you guys remember Mike Nifog? I don't was remember it, Mike. No, no. I, I remember Mike and Ike, so that's about it. No, Mike Nifong was the district attorney in Durham for the Duke lacrosse case. And if you remember when it happened, there was a, a – Nifong made statements ahead of time before trial that were that, – that kind of lended you to believe that there was something else behind the scenes. And what it ends up, ended up being for him was he had an election that was coming up, it was obviously for that those allegations and different allegations, and those were criminal, not civil. But he had a district attorney uh, runoff. I guess election was coming up. He wanted to make sure that he showed the black community in that area that he was going to stand up for these white guys who reportedly had raped this black stripper who had come over to the house. And the weird, I get that weird vibe from the attorney Tony Busby because if you listen to the statements he made when this came out. He's representing the the first uh, accuser. The first thing he said was, you know, I'm extremely proud to represent those who have no uh, no power against those who have perceived power. And he said, today we filed suit against Deshaun Watson. Too many times women have to put up with this behavior that they shouldn't have to, and we make excuses because they're famous, right? Then his next thing was, all people are equal and deserve dignity and respect. My dad was a butcher. My mom drove a school bus and worked at a snack bar. And I was a Marine. I don't get like, it. What's this got to do with you at all, bro? It has like, nothing to do with you. But his, his whole thing has been, if you look at every post, it has gone back to him. That was the first post. You look at the next post when he said there are more, more accusers. He goes, these are brave, brave women. I've been, since I filed this case, I received different threats from people harassing my children. But I'm a Marine. I don't back down easy. Although I, I, I you know, and he goes through all this stuff of like, he claims on this post he wasn't a Texans fan, but. He was a season ticket holder who was putting up billboards to tell them to draft Johnny Manziel and happened to be next door neighbors with the, uh, the McNair family. Every allegation he's made, he's pointed it back to himself and he's made it to where he's like, we fought our second accusation, but now we have four women who are going to file and, and we're just, you know, vetting out the process. Then the third accu- filing, we have three filings, but now we have nine women who, we, who are accusing him. And if you look at the actual allegations, the reason why, Jeremy, you said, you know, why didn't they file actual criminal lawsuits is I'm not sure there's actually a law that you could that, that has been accused of, of him breaking. And I'm not I'm not you know, if, if Deshaun acted inappropriately, he should have to pay the consequences for that. But when you look at the actual allegations, the first allegation is that. The woman who had the massage therapy place at her house, he asked her to come. Uh, he said he was coming over for a relaxation massage. This is all her allegation. And he said, hey, is it going to be just me and you there? She said, yes. He said, I want to make sure that he said this is going to be relaxation, but I want to make sure that you can massage my pelvic area and my buttocks area. Is that going to be OK? She said, I thought it was strange that he said that, but I said that was fine, that he she came over there. She gave him the massage. He told her that she needed to, to continue to work down in that area. And she said she felt uncomfortable and told him he needed to leave. That he got up and said, I don't want this to ruin your career or my career. And she took that as a threat. And then he left. Now, then she said, following that allegation, that after she felt that threat, he sent her a text message and that, uh, that apologizing, which we'll see what that text message actually says, and then referred numerous other NFL players to come to her practice. 
Now, first, the my first thought is if I had a terrible experience where my massage was ended shortly, I didn't feel like it went great. I threatened somebody because I was afraid of them outing me. My first thought would not be to recommend multiple NFL players I'm friends with to go to this woman for a massage. And then the second allegation was that he had uh, the lady said she gave him a massage. He asked her to massage her uh, her massage on below um, his stomach area. She said she didn't feel comfortable that he turned over and his penis touched her hand. She felt uncomfortable and asked him to leave and cut the massage short. All both of those claims, I'm not sure there's a they both said they felt uncomfortable, but I'm not sure there's a legal crime that has been committed. The third one is the one where you, you could say, hey, maybe there's a crime being committed based on her allegations. She said he asked her to put her, her mouth on his genitalia. She said, I felt coerced because of his size and his fame, and I didn't want anything to happen to me. So I did it, but I felt gross about it. And then afterwards, he left and didn't apologize for it. Still, if that's a criminal complaint. If you didn't say no, I didn't want to do it or whatever, I'm not sure how that would play out in a court case. But like, call like me I said, crazy. Call me crazy. It just seems like Deshaun, and this is, I mean, it seems like he was going to the same place and was having different girls. And so they probably got a bunch of them. They probably about to, this is about to be a rollout for like probably 10 or 12. Who else probably you know, So this isn't the same place. So one of the girls had her own massage place at her house. The second girl was apparently from Atlanta, who he flew out from Atlanta to give him the massage at the Houston, one of the Houston hotels. And the third one was a lady who uh, ran a massage facility in an office building or something, some office building in Houston. So they're, they're, they they don't work at the same place. They all have the I, same I, I would say, I'll say and, this. Well, quick, 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 quick aside, Jeff, I'm going to say, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying I personally, I personally don't believe that this happened, but I, I think he put himself in a bad position by flying people out Absolutely. for massages and, like, I mean, at a certain point, dude, just just get a masseuse that's in town that you're comfortable with. You guys work with, work with each other on a regular basis. Maybe even be a personal masseuse. They come over every night and massage you. Like, I mean, I, I think he put himself in a bad situation in this, regardless of how it turns out. I think hopefully he, you know, makes a little better decisions when it comes to that moving forward. Yeah, and, and here's, the, here's the, the part that I do want to stress. One, there's not a actual criminal investigation or anything being filed against it. So when we're, we're talking about these allegations, there's several things that we have to look at. One, the only thing that can really affect him is, one, him having to pay out settlements. Or two, you know, him, him this affecting his trade value. So maybe the Texans don't trade him. And there's an NFL investigation going on where they're trying to talk to him. Uh, the, the attorney for the ladies is having a press conference tomorrow to address more of these allegations to actually to talk about them, which I'm not sure why the attorney is having a press conference before, you know, to, to try this in the court of public opinion as opposed to the actual courts. But hey, th- that's that's what he's choosing to do. But with that being said, even if he was found guilty, which I'm not saying he's guilty or he's innocent, I, he's, he's innocent until proven guilty. But I, I think even if he was, the NFL has never since this has started without there being any kind of criminal act has not suspended people for that unless there's if you look at even the robert Kraft situation that happened um where he was arrested a year ago in a massage parlor incident where apparently he he received some oral sex from a prostitute there the charges were dropped because they said the video was inadmissible because he shouldn't have been videotaped without his consent the nfl still said in an incident like that we can't 
hold the personal conduct thing against you. So I, I don't even think he's going to be suspended for it. It's more or less, it's a bad look. I think it may affect his ability to get traded. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, even if he's found innocent, even if it comes back that, hey, all these people are, are, are in cahoots and this is all, um, you know, just a money grab. There's, there's a reputation that he he will get eventually. He'll build up some goodwill. I mean, even when there was the Kobe rape trial, and there was like when, there was a a time where it was a stain. But by the time you got to the end of Kobe's career, like you didn't think of Kobe and rape trial. Like when you saw Kobe, you thought of Kobe the basketball player. You don't. And right now, when you think when the conversation goes to Sean, is going to be that. And like in a few years, that will go away. You don't. You know you you may remember it, but it won't be the first thing you think of. But I mean, he put himself in an awful situation, and I mean, let that be a lesson to to not just young athletes out there, um, all, all people out there. There are if you're in a position of power, you got or, or it, regardless, you got to be careful at the of the environment you put yourself into, because regardless if you do something right or you do something wrong, you put yourself in some of those situations, you give other people the control to be able to set the narrative of what happened or, or what that may be. So um, extremely unfortunate, man. Yeah, it absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. It absolutely is. Um, man, just drinking some can't. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, it absolutely is, man. Um, I, I just want to say I hope that, you know, he is innocent. But, you know, at the same time, if these ladies felt uncomfortable and he put them in a situation where they did feel like, you know, they are um under pressure from him you know that's i mean it's just it's just a bad situation all around he shouldn't do that so um i hope that uh the 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 process plays out and uh ultimately i hope that uh you know he is found innocent to be honest with you i hope he he hope he's innocent and he moves on his life but you know it just sucks because it's going to be a you know probably a whole um a whole uh night of 30 for 30 when his comes out in you know 10 years um so yeah i'm hoping this whole texan situation will be the craziest 30 for 30. Um, I can't wait for 30 for, I, I mean, I wish, and this is not political at all. I wish ESPN would do a 30 for 30 on uh, 45. Right, that would be awesome. Yes. I mean, I'm just, I, I was beforehand. I thought the 30 for 30 was going to be called the Easter that wouldn't leave and be about Jack Easterby, but there's going to be so much that, that's tied into this that I, I think um, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy 30 for 30. I just hope the 30 for 30 has a, a, a positive ending and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. It's going to be pretty wild. There's so many 30 for 30s that haven't been told that. I know. Like, I, I feel like I want to, you know, like be the executive producer for a 30 for 30. That, that would be amazing. Yeah. And, like have all that, have all those clips and be able to put it together. That's, that's dope. But um, yeah, let's keep it moving, fellas. Let's talk about some NBA. Um, Let's just let's start. Let's just start with your thoughts on you know the climate right now. Let's go with you, Jared. Um, who are you liking? Who are you not liking? Who's been your surprises so far this season? Um, yeah, man. Let's get into some uh, some b ball some b ball talk. So I, I think my biggest surprise right now has been um, James Harden has played extremely well. Um, obviously, hey, I'm hating on my boy Harden too, man. Harden's the most good no, player I'm, in the league. No, listen. This this is what I tell people. James Harden is. You can make a legitimate argument, and probably the best argument that over the last five years, James Harden has been the best player in the NBA in the regular season. Um, I think his ability to be able to score on any given night, his ability to be able to facilitate an offense. I mean, he leads the NFL and NBA in assists. Uh, he led the NBA in assists with Houston before. Um, 
and to make himself into a pretty decent defender. He's not an elite defender. He's never going to be an elite defender, but he's developed into a, a pretty decent defender at this point. Um, so with that being said, though, I think they, they've been a surprise. Him and Kyrie have played extremely well together. I'm interested to see how that goes when KD comes back. Um, but I, I still think that... Hold on, Jerry. You said what was the surprise? How well they played together, how well... Harden has fit coming into into the net. Surprised you? Is it surprise surprising anybody else? It surprised no. me. It did. Um, <laughs> they, they they won. Won. I thought James Harden was going uh, to. Oh man! Like I wonder if uh, Djokovic and Fed can play great doubles together. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's it's because, and, and we're we're still yet to see it because KD's been out for a large period of time. When they were all three playing together, they were losing a good bit of games, and then when KD got hurt, it kind of allowed them to solidify their positions. Of Harden is the score but also the main facilitator and Kyrie can get a shot whenever he wants um whenever it's hard and whenever KD comes back I think there's going to be a little acquisition period or or, or transition period there um not acquisition that's different anyway um other thing is Philly's playing some great basketball right now I mean as much as everybody can you know they lost last night they lost to uh to Milwaukee but they lost in overtime but even without Joel Embiid and with Tobias Harris, who's played great this year, not shooting the ball well yesterday, Seth Curry was missing a lot of shots yesterday. They still were, I mean, versus Milwaukee, who, who's been playing excellent basketball as of late, were, you know, up in a, the second night of a back-to-back playing great basketball. And I think they're, when Joel Embiid comes back, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, biggest disappointment has been the Pacers, man. The Pacers have lost like seven straight games. There's talk that they're going to try to trade Miles Turner before the trade deadline, and the Lakers are a team that's trying to get him. Uh, sure, sign me up. I mean, Miles Turner's averaging 3.4 blocks per game, and he shoots like a career like 36% from three as a seven-footer that blocks that many shots and can move that athletically. If we can get a guy that can hit a ton of threes and block all the shots, sign me up. But um, I think that their team having Malcolm Brogdon, who is averaging 21 points a game, last year was a 50-40-90 guy. Um, they got Karis LeVert, who just came back. Obviously, Karis LeVert is a, a walking bucket. Uh, he'll get ba- back to himself. You got uh, TJ, uh, not TJ Warren from NC State, who, who obviously is a walking bucket himself. Uh, you throw in Demontis Sabonis, who's an all-star, and Miles Turner. I mean, that team should be competing for the East, at least giving teams a, a tough out for a first or second round matchup. The fact that they are, uh, who's you the know. coach there, Jared? So here's the, here's the other thing. So their coach last year was uh, was uh, Nate McMillan, and Nate McMillan was uh, he did an excellent job there, and they got to the playoffs, and they fired him because they lost to the the Miami Heat without their best player, without Demonte Sabonis playing at all. Uh, they lost, and so they fired him, and then they hired this coach that was from the Raptors, Nate Bjorkman or whatnot, and he's not done a good job. And to be honest, Nate took over in, um, after the Hawks fired their coach, and they won six straight since he took over. So I think they fired the right the, the coach that they had that was the right coach. Uh, Nathan Miller has not gotten the respect he deserved. He was with Portland beforehand making the playoffs consistently and was fired after making the playoffs. Then he was with the Indiana Pacers making the playoffs consistently and got fired after his, his team got hurt. Now he's with the Hawks, he's won six straight. So I think that's probably the biggest disappointment. In, hey, we, we had seven straight, man. Seven straight. Did they win tonight? Put some respect on our name, man. Let's let's get we, it, man. We, 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 last time I checked, we were about like eighteen on uh, OKC, man. It's light work, man. 
man. I, listen, all I'm going to tell you is this. You you get a team that, that gets a coach they like and they start winning. I mean, look, man, we, we, we could we could literally have playoff games that we possibly could go to by by May. You know, if it's play, playoffs, actually, I think are going to be in June. I'm vaccinated. Yeah, and let's all get vaccinated. Go to the games. Watch them boys play versus KD and, and, and Kyrie and those. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, man, count me in. All right, man. That was uh, that was good, man. Jeremy, what do you think about what's going on in the league right now? Um, If you ask me the, the biggest shock of the league this year, um, and I guess I shouldn't be shocked by because he does it everywhere he goes, but the Suns being in the second spot is the biggest shock to me. I thought they'd be a playoff team. I thought they'd be around 6-7. Um, I thought they'd win, you know, 48 games, maybe somewhere around that, that ballpark and be a solid, you know, playoff team. But I did not see them having the second best record in, in the NBA at this point. Um, and, I mean, it's got to be just Chris Paul, man. Chris Paul goes to teams and completely changes the culture. He, uh, you know, if you look at the way teams play defense when he's on them, like just, just, just looking at him on the sidelines, coaching guys, telling them where they're supposed to be, understanding the game. This is, this is straight up floor general who can at any given point – like, he's, is he the best player on the team as far as just playing ability? No, not at all. I mean, obviously, it's Devin Booker. But if you ask me who the most important player on that team is, it's still Chris Paul because his it's, impact is amazing. I, I said the same thing when he was, he was with the Rockets. If you saw that team when Chris Paul was out, they were not the same team. And that's even with a James Harden who is a better player overall than, than, than Chris Paul. When Chris Paul was out, they are not the, they're not the same. And – um, I think the, the, the other thing, Jeremy, I will say, and I'll let you get back to it, is Chris Paul went to Wake. It wasn't a lot of NBA guys going to Wake at the time. I yeah. mean, there were a few, but they, I still say it, it wasn't a ton. Listen, on, on that roster, there was – so the, the, year two, the year before Chris Paul got there, Josh Howard was a first-round pick, ended up making an all-star game for the Mavericks. But well, outside of that, play from the Spurs that came from there right right before him. But but Tim Duncan came out in 97, 98. <laughs> yeah. I think 97, 98 was his last year. That was three. That wasn't like that far before. I mean, they were. No, but, but I'm saying that was, that was, he was, he came out six years before Chris Paul got there. So, but I, so I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you, even when Tim Duncan was there, they weren't the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They weren't top three in the country. I mean, Chris Paul, man, he went to Wake, and Wake was the number one seed. And that was when the ACC was as deep as it, it's ever been. At the time, it was the Raymond Felton, Rashad McCann, wait, wait, Sean wait, wait, May, wait, wait, wait. UNC. Wait, 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 wait. And hey, man, that, that was the Mark Prime right there, man. I, you I, could make an argument great. about that. He was great. I mean, we're talking – deep as it's ever been, you're talking about going back to Michael Jordan, Lynn Bias – uh, James Worthy days with Johnny Dog, but yeah, remember they, they weren't. They weren't. Most of those weren't together. So Len Bias played. He played with, with Jordan. Uh, he played, but he came in. I think he was coming out eighty six. So he came in eighty two, and I believe eighty two was the year Worthy left. And you could you, Phil Four. I think was on one of those teams. You can make that argument. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but I'm he, saying even, even even like the NC State team, the one the one the national championship. Like I mean, they were they were. Deep. I mean, you can go into the the ninety two. Duke team when UNC had young Rasheed Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse and all those guys you can go to even even with that being said though Jeremy and I I will agree those were some really talented times you still got to remember 
You had Reddick and and all those Still guys. Win, and, and, yeah, that new team was was not as good as no. But it was they, they had Dale Ewing and Chris Duhon and they, they they had some guys on that team. And um, then you look at uh, you you look at NC State had Julius Hodge and and, and the crew there. Like they, there were some. I mean. There were some teams there, but I, I will agree. They had Jared Jack and uh and, and the crew was at, at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm, I, Maryland I was, was in the conference with Juan Dixon. Wait, but that was before though. That's why I was gonna say Juan Dixon and they were. That was the. No, oh, you're right. Juan Dixon was on one. Oh two. That yeah. was like the, when when they and Duke used to go back and forth. They won back to back national championships against each other. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it was tough though, man. I got, they, I got you off topic. That's my fault. No, you you you're, you're good though. But yeah, I um. I remember watching them play a game that they lost in the NCAA tournament and thinking, oh, Chris Paul is literally unstoppable. And, I mean, he was. And so he got Joseph's. to the league. Yep. Uh, got to the league started destroying people with the, with the Hornets. I was actually hoping, you know, maybe in a way he could come back to New Orleans like they should have just traded some pieces and got him this year. And, you know, we'd be in a great situation. Um, we could even give up Lonzo for him. But, um yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay, so you would have taken them. Okay, so you take whoever you don't, whoever you want to get rid of, they take and then they trade them to somebody who wants them and get a first round pick back. I have no idea how they continue. They just they they were like, hey, look, we'll take Myers Leonard after his his uh, Jewish slurs, and then we'll we'll trade you Trevor Reason, get a first round pick back. Like, this is what they do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's um it's crazy, but yeah, they they make it happen. So yeah, ultimately. I, I think uh, that was my biggest surprise. My biggest disappointment, unfortunately, is my New Orleans Pelicans. And it's literally because we are the worst defensive team I've maybe ever seen in my life. Like, just watching us play defense, the defensive scheme. First of all, the defensive scheme that we're running, I think, is outdated. Um, we've got a coach who ran some really successful defenses um, through the 2000s, through the early 2010s, um, 2010s. and um, it's basically an inside-out defense. Hey, we're going to clog the paint. We're going to force people to shoot shots, and we're going to close out on the shooters and basically force people to make outside shots. But it's a new NBA now, and everybody shoots threes. And if you give people open threes, what is going to happen? They're going to knock them down, and you're going to end up uh, playing the – especially when, you, when you're on a team that doesn't have any any shooters outside of mainly Ingram and Zion or and Lonzo every other game. Um you get to a point to where, hey, you can't win too many games when you the other team's up by 35 points on threes uh, or the 36 points on threes. So um, I think we're the, the biggest disappointment, this disappointing team to me because I thought we were going to be um, a solid playoff team. I think it's not too late, but uh, they need to make a run. They look really good for two straight games, actually two and a third and, and three, four straight games because we were destroying the, the Portland the other night. We're up 17 with five minutes to go and lost the game. Um, but we played him again tonight. Let's go and get this W. But yeah, I think uh, that was the biggest disappointment for me going so far this season. Hopefully, we get together. And Jeremy, I think the other reason why y'all, uh, yeah, man, y'all are uh, disappointment is because y'all, uh, y'all been getting steak knives. The, the, the always be closing. It's the second place steak knives. Y'all lost. What was the state you told me? Y'all lost eleven games this year where y'all led by double digits. Yep, and we lost twenty three games. Coaching. Yeah, it is. And like what we played the other night, we were up seventeen points. He let them go on a 13-0 run before calling a timeout. Like, what, what, what are you, That's what are you doing? That's ridiculous. You're yeah. not Phil Jackson. Wait, You're not wait, playing wait, wait, with Jeremy, Jer- Jer- say the statement, though. Y'all have 17 points with under six minutes to go. 
Yeah, it's five minutes ago. We scored thirteen <laughs> straight points, and then he calls timeout. I mean, golly, crazy. But yeah, let's um let's talk about the East for a little bit, man. The Nets tied uh, with the 76ers for the best record uh, in the East right now. Um, let's let's go back to your boy Harden, Jared. Um, should he be the the leading MVP candidate right now? Actually, let's start with Jeremy on this. Uh, I gotta look at it and say, yeah, he should. I mean. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think it's tough, and I, I don't think he's going to win. The biggest reason I don't think he's going to win is because of what happened in Houston. Um, I, I think it's uh, another person who I think deserves a lot of consideration who's never going to get it because he's hated by the media is Kyrie. But um, I ultimately think Kyle, James Harden should be the, the leading can, candidate for what he's done for um, for the, the, New, uh, the New York Nets. I don't know, the Brooklyn Nets. But, that, yeah. yeah, ultimately, I think LeBron's going to win it. This is um, going to be this award is going to go to LeBron this year. I don't think there's really anyone else who can who could compete for it because I thought it was going to be um, uh, Joel and B, but I think his injury took him out. Uh, there's there's one dark horse candidate who could who could hop in the mix. Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard has um, you know continues to put up crazy game winning shots and stuff. I think he could hop into the conversation. Um, I think if Nikola Jokic, if they, you know, start going a win streak and finish top three in the in the West, I think he's going to have a, a valid argument as well because he basically has a triple double with forty points every night. But uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be LeBron's award to win. But if I had to give the award right now, I'd give it to James Harden just because uh, I mean they've won what fifteen or sixteen games. I mean it's crazy without Kevin Durant. Hey man, I, real quick, man, I got to interrupt, interrupt this man. Shout out Norfolk State. Watching them right now, man. They closing out App State. Shout out to my boy Robert, man. I love you know I love App. I love Boom, but man, Norfolk State making me proud right now. I'm sorry, man. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. I, I I just want to say for about Kyrie, and I know he had, he took a sabbatical, and that's going to be held against him. <laughs> yes, but it is. If there's it, if there was any other point guard or or guard, small guy, averaging 28, six assists, five rebounds, and a steal. On 52% field goals, 42% threes, and 94% free throws, there's and their team was winning. It was winning at this high of a clip. There's no way it wouldn't be an MVP discussion. I mean, he's gonna six. He's gonna he's gonna 50, 40, 90 at, at 28 points per game. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. He 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 has played unbelievable this year. I I will tell you. I've always said for Kyrie, I think Kyrie is one of the most talented players in the league. I wouldn't want him on my team unless I unless I had a, a solid foundation. As I've said on the show for years, I think Kyrie is a chandelier. I don't think he's a foundational piece you can build around, but I think if you have him on your team and you have the foundation in place, I think he's an extremely unique talent who can close, who can get his shot as easily as anybody. But even this year, he's played better than I expected him to play. Um, and he's been healthy for the majority of the year uh, outside of the mental health aspect where he took the break. James Harden, I think, deserves to be in the conversation. Um, I, I think the reality is this: we we have to look at him. We have to uh, we have to look at this from the standards we've been saying for years, right? James Harden. Do I think James Harden has a legitimate argument? Yes, he's averaging twenty six points a game. Uh, he's averaging eleven and a half assists. Um, so that's you know, I put some right at twelve. You round it up. Um, and then if you look at, uh, you know, his rebounds, he's averaging nine boards a game. 
So I think his his numbers are going to say that. But I think it's LeBron. I agree with you. I think or you don't you don't think you think LeBron's going to win. You don't think he should. I think LeBron should win. As great as Brooklyn has been as of late, and they've been unbelievable. They have the same record as 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 the Lakers have. And if you look at their um, if you look at their team around them, I think James Harden, for the most part, even though KD has been out, has been playing with. For the most part, Kyrie Irving, who, as you mentioned, has been playing at that elite level, he's been playing with a, a, a Eastern Conference where their schedule has been, if you look at their shut the schedule, an easier schedule than the Lakers have played. And one of the things that we held against LeBron for years, man, it's like it's so crazy that that the tide has changed because Jeremy used to say the same thing about the East, and now the roles are reversed, and now Jeremy, Jared, you're saying the same thing about the East. No, I'm, I'm going off was, the same. I'm going. I was just getting that. I'm going off of the same criteria that was told to me. So when LeBron hasn't won the MVP since 2013, and when LeBron wasn't winning, the two comments that kept kept being made was one: he's putting up great stats and they're winning games, but he's doing it in the but East. No, no, so, no, no, no. Wait, wait, I want to correct one other thing. This whole narrative that they were winning games is false. The, people forget the reason why LeBron wasn't winning MVP is because they were winning 49 and 50 games every year. Like they they weren't they weren't finishing high as, as far as record wise. Like he was a coach in the regular season. They, they, they said, finished with well, top two seed. He's going to make win the East. And I'm like, well, you got to do it in the regular season too. But he, they, they won. They won. He's won the Eastern Conference since he uh, won an MVP. Uh, but w- with that being said, the thing that was said about LeBron, the reason why he wasn't was one because he he wasn't playing. The East was easier, and two, LeBron didn't play defense in the regular season, and that was held against him. Which I I agree, as I've said over the regular season. I think James Harden has been the best player in the regular season over the last five years. If you Add all this together. But now we have to look at LeBron, who's a legitimate candidate for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Yeah, he is ranked number one in defensive efficiency. He is the best defensive player this year on the Lakers, and the Lakers are by far the be- the number one ranked defensive efficiency team in the NBA. He has played a significant stretch without Anthony Davis. And although he had a stretch where they lost four, four games in a row, I believe it was, people will forget during that stretch, also it was him – without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. If you look at the team, the record this year when LeBron, and one of the games they lost, LeBron didn't play. If you look at the games where AD has missed and LeBron has played and Dennis Schroeder has played, they're 10-3 and three this year. And if you look at them overall, they're 10-6 and six in the, no, sorry, 10-7 in those games. So I think, and that's including a game that LeBron didn't play. Um, so I think they, he's proven that they have the same record as Brooklyn, their numbers are similar. LeBron's averaging 26, 8, and 8. He's shooting a higher percentage from the field. And I think when you're looking at that and adding in the defense and adding in the fact that he's playing in the tougher conference, he's playing without um, a legitimate all-star caliber teammate as James Harden has played with, I think LeBron should win MVP. I, I also think, though. Jared, Jared I, I, think, got a, I got a quick quick comment, though. And right. this is what I want, I want to bring in. Just earlier, you were telling me that there's no way, that Kyle Kuzma was a terrible defender and there's no way – that he he's a better defender than Alonzo. And he's 21st right now in the league in defensive win share as opposed to Alonzo, who's not top 50. So are we going to count defensive win share or are we not? Here, here's the difference, though. One, LeBron's the best defensive player on their team, and they're the best defensive team. But I also, we have to look at it. it was, that it was uh, your boy, uh, Schroeder. No, I said no. I said Schroeder's our best perimeter defender. Okay. LeBron, LeBron guards our, our wings and he guards the he guards the post. He guards both of them, and he's been blocking a lot of shots. But he's when like, you look he's at like a defense. But here, here's the part too. When you look at as you mentioned earlier, you said the Pelicans are the worst defensive team in the league. 
So Lazo's win, defensive win shares or his defensive efficiency is going to be lower because of his team's poor defense. I remember two years or three years ago when the Celtics were uh, the number one defensive team in the league, and Kyrie was ranked top five in the league in defensive efficiency. And I said, now clearly Kyrie is not a top five defender in the league, but he's played a great role on a really good defensive team. So I think at the end of the day, I think when you factor in the defense, you factor in offensively their numbers are comparable. Although um, Harden is averaging, I think, three more assists per game. He's averaging an extra rebound a game. They're averaging the same points per game. LeBron's doing it on a higher percentage. LeBron's doing it on four less minutes per game. And you factor in the defensive side. I think the, the award should go to LeBron. I also think Dame Lillard should be in it. I also think Jokic should be in it. Uh, I also think Chris Paul should be in that, that discussion. I don't think he should win it, but I think he should be in that discussion. Jared, Jared, I just want to bring this one point up that Kyrie Irving is still ranked ahead of Jalen Brown as far as defensive uh, defensive win shares this year. So um, he's ranked 106, which is not bad for, you know, a team with no real rim protection. So Kyrie's a decent defender. Let's not sleep on Kyrie. Kyrie can play defense when he wants to. I Now, I don't know how they're, he's 106 as bad as their defense have been this year. Um, <laughs> but when when Kyrie wants to play defense, he can. The, 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 the problem I have with certain players is this. Like, Luca, Luca tries really hard on defense, and he's gotten better. But Luca's just does not he? really <laughs> – oh, he does. Luca, Luca tries on defense. Luca can't move. He, just, yeah, he, doesn't have, he lacks lateral quickness. I said the same thing about Jabari Parker when he came out of college. I said, Jabari's never going to be an elite defender because he, 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 he doesn't have lateral quickness. Athlete, athlete he's Luka. a much better athlete than Luca. I will agree. Although, I watch Luca play, and I'd be like, yo, I, know, I never understand how – like, he almost made Paul George fall yesterday. Move it at the speed of a, a, a golf cart going down a hill when it's in a governor mode. <laughs> but, but here's here's the here's the reason though they because did you got to respect it. Well, they did an analytic <laughs> thing and they said although Luca does not have a fi, a, a fast acceleration, they said he, his deceleration is the second quickest in the league behind James Harden. They said he can go from full speed to stopping. It, it, they said that that they, they give it like a, a rating. They said it's like in the 94th percentile as far as how quickly he can just stop on a dime. And so when he's that big and he gets his body weight leaning on you at 240 pounds and then he just stops, I mean, you're go- you, you're not stopping. I mean, you're not stopping. Well, that of quick, course so. he decelerates very easily. He's only going two miles per hour. Listen, listen <laughs> a Mack truck that can stop on a dime. You still, you still creating separation. So, oh, yeah. and Luca's going to be in that conversation. Luca's won eleven or fifteen games uh, now, and and now they're going to have to continue to win a ton. But there's they're right there in the A spot. But if they were to continue to win at the, the clip they're winning at right now, they win, they're eleven and four last fifteen. If they finished, you know, around the four spot with the numbers he's putting up, he would be in that conversation as well. I would say this too: like if if, if you were really doing it the way they used to do it a couple years ago. Donovan Mitchell would be very high in the MVP conversation. I mean, right now he's doing a he's doing a Derrick Rose season from a from a few years ago when he won MVP. Um, yeah, he is. If you really look at, it, I mean, you got guys like if you look at it from a statistic standpoint. Hey, who's put on the best stats this season? I mean, it would be Nicole Jokic, who's averaging 27, 11, nine assists on fifty seven percent shooting and forty one percent threes and eighty seven percent from But uh, it'd be either, Jeremy. It'd be either him or Giannis. Giannis's stats this year are. Asinine. He's averaging twenty nine points per game, um, on fifty six percent from the field, twelve boards, six assists. So not quite the numbers, but uh, but similar numbers. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's scary. All right, fellas, let's uh last topic. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's let's talk about some NCAA. I honestly, guys, I haven't been following uh college basketball this season, man. It just hasn't been that interesting to me. But um, I'm gonna try to go ahead and you know fill out a bracket and and probably still beat everybody. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the the the, the March Madness, man. Um, the March Madness, it's not a noun, but um, yeah, let's talk about March Madness. Uh, who you guys got favored? Uh, where do you see some upsets coming? Um, let's talk about it, man. Let's start with you, 85. So I'm going to go. So right now, Gonzaga's undefeated for the season. They're they're one of the highest offensive efficiency teams in the history of college basketball. They got a really, really good point guard uh, who's probably going to be the number two pick in the draft, Jalen Suggs, who is a phenomenal athlete. We talked about it. He not only was, you know, depending on the service, either, you know, top five or I think 24-7 had a number 11 ranked player out of high school. But he also was a, a dual threat elite quarterback who had, you know, scholarship offers to play at Ohio State and at Iowa and Iowa State and all these other places. But I'm going to go with the team who I think has the best player. I'm picking Oklahoma can you, State. Can you imagine? Jerry, yeah, I was going to say one thing, man. Can you imagine being that athletic like as a kid? <laughs> like when you no, just better than everybody and everything? <laughs> the, the, the only person who I, I looked at and I said like they were like that, um, well, I guess he wasn't like that. But was the, the talk was they was like that was Ronald Curry, who won National Player of the Year in football and basketball out of high school. Uh, and Greg Paulus did the same. He won that. Yeah, I was about to say Greg Paulus was a superstar. Oh, no, but, oh, Jeremy. And then Roscoe Crosby out of South Carolina. We'll give him that. But um, when you look at – because Roscoe Crosby was a top five overall football prospect and was the number one baseball prospect by 10, year, by 10 miles, I mean, um, out of high school. But with that being said, Kate Cunningham for Oklahoma State is – I mean, he's the most impressive freshman I've seen in college basketball since Kevin Durant, maybe. Whoa, 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 We're gonna skip over Zion. I, I, here's the thing: so Zion, Zion was more impressive as far as like averaging six on six seconds. At the end of the day, Kane Cunningham basically hits every shot. At the end of every, like he's hit like. Six game winners this year. At the end of every game, the team just clears out. It's like, Kay, go get your bucket. And Kay's 6'8". He's probably 235. He's got a sick mid-range game. He shoots threes well. He reminds me a little bit of Luka in the fact that I don't think he's overly athletic. But when I say this dude can get buckets, I mean, and, and run an offense, he's he's my dark horse to be. So you say he's going to be Carmelo, basically. That's why I was literally going to say, I think they remind me of the Carmelo Anthony uh, Syracuse team because the team is not just built around him. Everybody thinks, like, oh, it's just him. I mean, they beat West Virginia uh, a couple weeks ago in a game where he sat out because he had knee soreness. And I mean, West Virginia is a top 10 team in the country. I think they're deep enough. Um, they played in the Big 12 tournament and, and um, beat Baylor and then eventually ended up losing to Texas in the championship game by, I think, four points or something. I think they're going to go in the tournament with a lot of momentum. I got them pulling the upset. Uh, my final four, uh, I, I, I think, is going to – I'm going to post my bracket up, but I, I think there's a good opportunity for uh, a, a lot of chalk because I don't think there's a lot of great teams. But my sleepers would be uh, right now Illinois. Uh, they're one set. I think they're going to get to the final four. 
And I think you got to look at uh, Michigan State could be a real sleeper. Over the last two weeks, Michigan State has beaten Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State. Two number one seeds and one number two seed. And they're an 11 seed playing tonight versus UCLA. I expect them to beat UCLA. They play BYU after that. I think they could go on a run to get to maybe the Final Four, maybe the Elite Eight, if they keep playing as well as they have been. All right, yeah. Jim, what you think about the March Madness? Uh, Jared, I'm going to have to tell you crazy when you talk about, you know, Cade to me is probably going to be national player of the year. He's going to be close. He's definitely going to be first team all NBA. I mean, all uh, college basketball or AP first team. Um, but I think you're forgetting how good Zion was at Duke. I mean, Zion at Duke literally shot 67% from the floor or 68% from the floor. Sorry. You're talking about somebody who averaged 23 Nine and two on sixty-eight percent shooting. <laughs> I mean, it was no, unbelievable. I, I, I'm not. T- <laughs> was unbelievable. And, but here, here's my my problem that I have with that. When you have, and, and the reason I'm saying this, I think Cade's going to win a national championship. We'll see how it goes. But Zion lost in what the Sweet Sixteen that year, or is it Elite Eight? Elite Eight. Elite Eight, and they had the three top high school recruits coming out. Uh, and the, the top two picks in the no, but, top three, yeah. two of the top but, three I mean, picks the best in the country. They, they, lost, they, lost, they lost a game. I mean, I'm, I'm not – but here's the thing. You remember people were saying before that tournament that if they won the national championship, Zion was, had the greatest college basketball season of all time. People were saying that. Like, it was on the table. Um, and so, I mean, I have to call it Cade's good. But, I mean, I, don't, I think this revision is history. I, I don't think Kevin Durant was as good as, as Zion at all in college. So, um, I don't know. Kevin Durant in college was was Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. I mean, Kevin, he, Durant, Kevin Durant lost second round to OJ Mayo, but uh, <laughs> oh, they did, they did. But Kevin Durant was a monster. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But um, ultimately, um, if you watch the, the the Sharks, you know they're normally not a top picking squad. The, the the Sharks right now are picking Gonzaga against the field. Like then, ultimately, they're betting Gonzaga is the field. That's so much better Gonzaga is than everybody else. Um, obviously, I think Baylor's got a chance of beating them. Um, I like Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be a, a strong team. I actually think UNC can make a run. UNC looked very strong lately. Um, I can see them making a run to the Final Four, or losing first round like UNC. I mean, they 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 never really make the Sweet Sixteen. They they either make it the Final Four or they lose first round uh, or second round, depending on how it is. They lose like Arkansas or Alabama or somebody. But ultimately. I think it's going to be Gonzaga's year. Um, I think Coach Q um, has been knocking on the doorstep for a while. He's been very, very close to, um, you know, ha- having an elite program and being able to do it. And I think this is the year of, um, you know, familiarity. I think having a team where, uh, you know, they didn't have to figure out how they were going to play together through the pandemic because they've been together for a long time. Now, he's had, has added players, but for the main core, they've been there. And I think those are the teams that have had success this year if you watch it. Um, so ultimately, I think it's going to end up being Gonzaga winning it all. Um, and uh, I'm going to pick that on my bracket. I'll probably be one of 75 people who does. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a, a very, very uh, competitive uh, NCAA tournament. I won't watch nearly as much as I normally do, just mainly because I don't know who's playing. So um, I'll turn it on. And, it should be interesting, though, man. I agree. Yeah. Like It's going to be probably – some uh, Cinderella teams, you know, like always. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was talking to somebody, and they said, uh, they said, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to watch tournament this year because, you know, I, I haven't been keeping up with college basketball. And I told him, I said, 
Yeah, but normally there's like Loyola Chicago who have no idea who they are. You watch them because they're Cinderella. Like that's what happens in <laughs> the NCAA tournament. You're used to yeah. like watching teams that you've never seen play basketball before. So yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I really, I don't think anybody can probably get the, you know, the winner right this year because, I mean, the entire bracket. That would oh, be no. crazy this year. No, KFC I mean, K- so said they're giving out like what is it, four million dollars if you pick the right the, the perfect bracket. Wow. But yeah, fellas, any uh parting thoughts before we get up out of here? Yeah, I got a um a one that's really, really serious. Um guys, I just joined a a a, a golf club myself because I saw Jeremy was uh was 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 putting and chipping and, and ended up beating me as he talked about on the, on the podcast. And I said, I can't have it. I got to get myself back together. So I joined Ball. a golf club here as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to start joining some, some, some member events as well, you know, so that, so that I can, um, I can be my best self, man. I, um, I, you know, I, I'm not really a fan of losing at anything, uh, especially to Jeremy. So, you know, look, let's, let's, let's get the game back together, you know, get it right, get it tight, you know? Yeah. Um, Still not going to help you beat me, but um, I wish you well on that. Um, by the way, Jared, I told you that uh, I was betting B.I. today because he choked the game the other day, so I figured he'd come out on fire. He had 10 points in the first four minutes. Um, but wow. By the way, New York State's trying to choke this game away. They're, they're only up four. Wow. Jared, so uh, – Yeah, it's, uh, it could be a tough game, man. This, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we clearly thought it was going to be a blowout by the time – you know, this this comes out. Obviously, the game will be over, but it's only like nine minutes left. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I, go I, ahead, Jeremy. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Good man. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Kai Harley. Um, most of you have never heard of him. He is the Saints' vice president of football operations, uh, black guy um, who is uh, cap wizard. We had a hundred and eleven. We're a hundred and eleven million dollars over the cap. Um, going into this offseason and he basically came up with different ways like I, I saw it was from another executive who was uh, nameless and said basically he's the best cat wizard in the in, in the NFL and the way that he was able to finagle the whole thing was basically genius um, but they kept their entire core together basically and got rid of 111 million dollars in cat space which is uh you know amazing so yeah I think uh, I want to give a shout out to him and you know hopefully he's a GM or you know, president of basketball operations before, um, you know, too long. Yeah, man. Um, so on that note, man, let's uh, let's get up out of here. Uh, we get we're gonna see you guys what in two weeks? Maybe you make sure you guys tune in to Jared's uh, picks. Uh, but we might we might hop on next week talk talk some you know some March Madness. So um, be tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram, Amibros underscore podcast. And yeah, guys. Uh, We out. Peace.